Welcome back to the bulletin, boys. We got a monster pod ahead for you. That's a little clue to who we've got in the room. I'll quickly introduce you. Mong, been on the pod the last few weeks. Oh, yeah. Regular player. I don't really need any introduction anymore, do I? That's all right. Uh, Shawnee T is also with us. How are you going? Good, thank you. Third time. Oh, well done. Third time lucky. You're on yeah, the bubble. I, I can count. You're on, on the, the bubble, bubble, yeah. First price change ahead. All right, guys, we've got an absolute massive pod ahead for you. Um, normal round recap as usual. We'll do Mong bet a little bit later, but the real focus is the MBRs and the round eight trading in particular. It's all happening in the AFL at the moment. Um, we've just heard the Viney decision, and I'm sure we'll get to that a little bit later. So make sure you stick around for the buy stuff in particular, because I guarantee you it's going to give you a lot to think about. Very useful. All right, let's just get in the normal recap. Uh, Sean, how do you go this week? Um, not too bad. In the um, in the real dream team format, got a 2,164. And in the AFL fantasy, or rather, 2,106, which brought my ranking back to a respectable four figures. Just. Well done. Well done, Shawnee. Finally back in there, mate. giving each other pats on um, the back for getting to four figures. Looking at our scores here, we actually, we actually all got 2,100s for both AFL fantasy and Real Dream Team. So I had 2,148 in Real Dream Team, 2,131 in AFL fantasy, and just hovering around that 2,000 mark in AFL fantasy. Yeah, as you mentioned, 2100s for me as well. 2116 in Real Dream Team. Actually got me out of the dumps there a little bit. And uh, 2170 in AFL Fantasy, which is uh, best of us three. So season I'm best for you as well. Surprise, front save, probably the season <laughs> best. Still outside the 10,000. Let's, <laughs> let's just glaze over the ranking. Oh, hold on, boys. One second. Um, we're getting word here from the producers. We've, uh, uh, we have to go straight to a breaking news. broadcasting to bring you this breaking news segment. Hawthorne star Sam Mitchell has been ruled out of the AFL for eight weeks with a cooked chook, better known as a hamstring injury. Mitchell scored just seven points in round seven before being substituted out of the game. Still on injury news and Matthew Jansch has reportedly suffered broken ribs in Adelaide's loss to Demon. The breakout defender will be sidelined for three weeks, covering all the three multi-buy rounds. Mike Pike's hamstring injury is not a singers, but it does mean that popular rock rookie Tom Derricks will take the brunt of the rock load for Sydney over the next fortnight. On the phone affairs, and forward rookie Patrick Ambrose is a strong chance to be considered by Essendon's selection committee this week. Ambrose didn't hit the scoreboard, but was reportedly one of the better players at VFL level in his comeback from a quad injury. In weather news, and there's a 100% chance of a raining donuts this weekend. We're not even into Thursday's team sheets cornered yet. And already, Adam Trelaw has been ruled out with an ankle injury. Meanwhile, the return of Mumford may be further delayed with a big sausage muncher needing to pass a fitness test to play this weekend. And this just in, AFL Fantasy Classic has suffered an earthquake of epic proportions. According to those traders blokes, we will be hit with a total of 18 positional changes on Thursday morning. Medics are still treating coaches Australia-wide for shock, with many citing resistance to change as a key factor in the epidemic. I'm Terry Belay, DT Talk News. All right, thanks for that, Terry. Whoa, massive well, news coming out of the DT Talk newsroom. That was interesting to say the least. Let's just... It wasn't me, that was not Mom. <laughs> Let's just glaze over that, a little bit uh, experimental there. But anyway, there was some good breaking news in there, some stuff we need to talk about. Sam Mitchell, obviously, eight weeks, becomes a must-trade. Max gone. Real good timing, that one. 
Oh, yeah. Jeez, mate. And speaking of timing, Trelaw out as well. Obviously, they'd give him the two weeks. What that... type of Muppet would have Adam Trelaw in their team? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to struggle this week. <laughs> I'm going to struggle this week to get 18 players with two trades that help me. So, it's going to be very, very interesting. But the biggest news of all in, uh, in that little... <laughs> little breaking news saying was that AFL fantasy position changes. And this is something that we haven't seen before. It's very, very new. And some people are a little bit uh, anxious about it. Some uh, people are getting very upset. <laughs> I've, seen some, I've seen some negative responses, which I just I think isn't really necessary. It's a bit of an overreaction, really. I, I can't think. believe that because those of you who have played Ultimate Footy, obviously, As we, we have, have for a few years. That's so. the best bit about it. I love that. Uh, the traders broke the news, obviously, yesterday in their podcast. They suggested Dalhouse to get mid-status. Uh, Frawley for forward and Kelly for defender status. I think, you know, if those guys are guessing, it's pretty much locked. But there's only been 18 changes, which is big news. So I think they've been quite restrained with what they've done. So I'd be very interested to see whether any of the popular guys get it. Yeah, certainly um, I wouldn't expect anyone other than sort of the rookies and like lesser sort of lights that are going to have these sort of changes. It's not going to be any of the big guns, I wouldn't have thought. I guess the most um, interesting, the, ch- the changes, and I don't think there'll be too many out of the 18, is the midfielders gaining another, well, either defender or a forward. Yeah, Kelly was Kelly was thrown up and he looks to be getting defender. That all of a sudden makes him relevant, which is which is a good thing about the, um, the players gaining a dual position. It just makes more players relevant, which I think is only good. I think it's awesome. Uh, rookies like rookies that we should be looking at in our teams to get it. Impey's obviously been playing as a defender all year. You think he's likely? He's been playing. Yeah, oh. <laughs> apparently, back to back twenties or something. Kidding himself. Gleeson possibly defender status. Uh, Langford will definitely get definitely mid. Definitely get mid status. And Griffiths is a sneaky chance for forward status. Um, and, and I mean, although you might not think someone getting additional midfield status or defender or forward status as a rookie is that useful it can definitely be when you do those little tricky DPP swing trades like it's not like someone you're going to start on your field so it's not going to be like oh now I can play this guy as a defender oh man but totally like yeah. last year I had Brent Staker I reckon I traded in between my back line yeah. and my forward line yeah. five or six times very throughout the handy. season very handy then I guess the interesting bit is the wild cards the ones who could really make things interesting for our teams I've got a couple for you Sean Higgins and Alex Vasolo. do you reckon Ooh. they bite the bullet on it or well, it is a very new role for both guys, and I, I mean, especially for Solo, who's only played a couple of games, so I don't know, oh, three games or so. Three and a half, I think. I yeah. don't think they're really going to be able to do that. It's surely got to be guys that have played all all seven games so far this year. Yeah, I think Alex for Solo is probably more likely. I don't know if, yeah, as Mom said, I don't know if the amount of games comes into play, but he doesn't look to be going back to the forward line anytime soon. I think he should be back after the bye. And yeah, if he gains that status, it's going to give even more people flexibility if they've held on to him. Yeah, completely new territory here, boys. And uh, and Warney mentioned that they use heat maps uh, in, when Ooh, it comes to... De- oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, technology, eh? Um, so, I mean, we obviously haven't got access to those. It'd be very interesting to see. Stay tuned to that. Thursday morning is when they drop, but some people kidding themselves on Twitter and uh, on the site. Reckon that Ablett... Might get it. Maybe that swan might get it. <laughs> Side bottom. Pig. Nah. Imagine that. No that shout thing? at all. 18 plays, and you reckon those guys are getting it? Nah. No, no, no chance. But imagine Swanee in the forward line. Wouldn't that be pretty nice? <laughs> Not <laughs> going to happen. Another one is people throwing up a triple position player, like uh, a Bartel getting forward. That's just, that's just <laughs> not going to happen. Tell him he's dreaming. Yeah, totally dreaming. All right, guys. I think we'll get straight into the round review. <laughs> I think this is uh, 
This is named after you. Best well, Mon Ground. Last year I did make my uh, debut for the Bustleton or Reserves football team. I did manage to get a best on ground 15 out of 15 possible votes and was named best Mon Ground. So we'll name this segment after after, after that. After yours truly, yeah. Ego pod here, by the way. Well, give us your best Mon Ground. So basically, your best player from the, from the weekend. Well, we'll start off with me, I guess. Uh, my best player this week was Tom Rockliffe, 141. Ooh. Just flying under the radar a little bit, but he just keeps getting it done for this absolutely terrible Lions team. Oh, he was the only Lion that turned up in the game versus the Swans, um, and he got a massive 141. He's hitting that 25, 5 and 5 that we um, like to... Triple trouble. Triple trouble. So he got 30 touches, 11 tackles and 7 marks. And as always, shipping in with a goal. It's his third game of 130 plus this year in the six games that he's played. So that's a 50% strike rate. Arr. That is <laughs> some yeah. pretty insane form. <laughs> and this was even with going off as a sub concussion sub in the first quarter. Yeah, so, I didn't know that actually. That's interesting. You know, um, he, he could get a tag this week from Hocking when they play the Bombers, but I don't reckon it's going to bother him. And he is looking like a very good captain option this week, dare I say, where there's going to be a paucity Ooh. of our normal dare sort of can, candidates that are normally available. So I'm touching Hockwiz my nose my here. For those who can't see, I'm... Uh, <laughs> Leave that to the to the Irish pirate to decide. He's in good form, I reckon. Yeah, Sean, what about yours? And I think me and you both got this guy in. Yes, <laughs> Luke Alleg in Dalhouse. <laughs> oh, some of your best. Can we re-record this? No, that no. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So he got a second best ever for him, a one twenty, and that was to reward many a coach that traded him in, including yeah, a couple of us. I think me and Tim better had him. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> Good work, um, guys. Good trade. I got Zorko. Whoops. Oops. He's now the second highest averaging forward behind Chappie. Is he really? Yeah. It's a, what is that including his bad score? Yes, that is. Yeah. Oh, so wow. He's, so he's um, yeah hit ninety three plus five I guess out. Rewalt's fallen down a bit, so yeah, that's not that surprising. <laughs> ninety three five out of his six games, and yeah, that's just the one failure of sixty one. He's still a trade-in option if you are lacking the round nine players in your forward line. And, as we mentioned before, he could be gaining mid-eligibility, making him much sweeter to get in. Big fan of Dalhouse. He made my weekend very enjoyable, as did my other trade-in, the other version of the game, AFL Fantasy. Welcome to the team, Callan Ward. Team Oh, yeah. yeah. Killing it on the trade front this week. Oh, yeah. So I had, I, had, I had to not stuff it up one week, didn't I? Career-high 162 on debut for T-Better Than You. You know, remove that concussion-affected 44 from round five, and he's averaged 113 points a game this year, which is what well, we should put him seventh in the league if you remove that game. Obviously, players who've played more than three games, decent sample size there. But unlike all those guys above him, he's like 100k cheaper. He's excellent value. He comes up against West Coast this week, a team that has conceded scores of 108 to Stevie J, 125 to Ebert, and 146 to Murphy, which are you know opposition captain options. Over the past month, I reckon he's excellent value, and I, I, I obviously am a buyer, <laughs> and I'm, I'm a satisfied customer. You've Get on him! All right, let's change up pace here. Massively kidding himself. Often uh, comes out of your mouth, Sean, but I think we'll go first to Mong. One of my favourite guys. I hate to do this to oh. him. As I mentioned before, my man crush, Nick Rewalt. Saints, Saints, unbelievable. Saints, Two scores of thirty in a row <laughs> after unreal starts of the season. He's down to 500k now, and he's got a break even of 160, which is the most annoying thing about it, is it makes him right for the picking for everyone else that didn't trust in St. Nick at the start yeah, of the season like me. I'll be looking at him. He is looking very sore as well, and he was hobbling around on the field, and the Saints are really probably wishing we didn't have the round 10 bye, otherwise we'd be probably looking to give him Ooh, the two weeks off over the bye round, I reckon. 
and I could, I probably wouldn't see him resting this week. Hopefully he can get through, but I could definitely see him resting round nine, and then obviously the buy in round ten, making him a great post buy pickup for everyone. So well, and I mean, obviously he has those big knee injury uh, issues, and he's been oh, him, you know he has to manage that all the time. So hopefully he just does what he keeps on doing, and uh, takes that one off in the buy. Sean, massively kidding himself. Massively kidding himself is Jackson Bloody Merritt. Yep. Shades of Justin Westhoff, circa 2013. You know, he just has, has a really good start. Everybody gets him in and then he just goes to shit. Mm-hmm. Um, 112 average after three games. He was, you know, the hottest thing in town. Everybody was getting him. Then has proceeded to average just a measly 66 in the four games since, which is nowhere near what a premium should it's be putting good. out. Topped it off with a red-vested 33 just to rub, rub salt in the wound. And, um, of course... He'll most likely get a reprieve, seeing as we've got so many bloody other things to worry about in the buy rounds. That's the only good thing going for him. The time to mong it up is now when we can't trade him out. You've, done, you've timed it well, Jackson. Thanks for that. But I can't get over my, my MKH. Fred oh, Ebert, God. he's gone from hero to zero. Oh, my God. He, was, he scored his lowest score as a port player today. That's in two and a half season. His previous low was 67. No, nope, stuff that. I'll get 62 this week. <laughs> Two weeks after trading him in. Uh, here's, here's the background with Brad Ebert and me, for those who don't know. Last year, I picked him up after the buys when I was trying to be a bit unique. He'd averaged 126 over the previous four games. I thought, bang, get on him. Nice little smoky. He went on to average just 81 in the next four weeks. Killing me. So surely that can't happen two years in a row, right? You wouldn't do that to yourself, would you? I wouldn't. I'm not that. Yeah, I'm not that sadistic. That's a never again if I've oh. ever, ever seen any, you know? Picked him up, averaging 124 what? in his <laughs> last... Got him again. Oh when did you get him? Was that two weeks ago? <laughs> two weeks ago. Oh, well, that offsets your trades from this week. Then. Yeah, exactly. So he averaged 124 in the last four before I picked him up, then averaged 87 in the two that I've had him. Piss off, you're my Annie boy. I hate you, and I don't know if I can ever do it again. But he stays in your team this week. Ruined my fantasy punt team for the week. Thank you very much. You made him captain, you idiot. You were something unique. All right, let's uh, cheer things up a bit with the get around him section. Long, we'll start off with you again, might as well. So, just because I love the Saints, obviously, I'm very biased. Get around Lee Montagna is now the third highest priced player in the competition. He's only selected, he's selected in less than 3% of teams, and he's gone 158, 151 in the last two games, and that has been in. Losses, let alone a massive, massive belting from the Hawks this week. Got some serious so, blood flow. Yeah, if you've picked him up at the start of the year, you've got to be pretty happy. I mean, a lot yeah. of people obviously didn't look at him because he didn't play round one. Um, and now he's super expensive. So I don't know if you'd be looking at getting him in. AFL um, Fantasy was slightly different, though. You could have picked him up for round two very easily in that version of the game. That is true. I didn't even think of that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, his break in is now 108. But having a look at his record against Carlton, he's pumped out a couple of low scores the last two times, under 80 against them. So you could be expecting a little bit of a down week, just to let everyone know. But oh. I'm pretty, pretty happy with old Monty's form this year. As a Saints fan, despite... Oh, as a Saints fan, yeah. As you said, two losses, so who cares? His team gets about 100 possessions and he gets 50 of them, so... Yeah. I'm going to kick mine off now. Jared Pollock, or Polek, or Polak, as they sometimes call him. Whatever. He deserves some kudos from us. He's pumped up his four-week average to 102 Dream Team points, uh, with a team high 115 against the Giants this week. That's massive from a rookie. Um, Consistency, that's probably not been matched by any other of the cheaper guys. And that puts his price above 400k in RDT, which is the first player to do that. 
and he's not too far off from AFL fantasy either. He pretty much is now our lowest priority upgrade. Yeah, everyone was starting Dunstan and um, and Tyson at the start of the year, but now Pollock is clearly the number yeah. one rookie mid in there. I'm gonna I'm gonna upgrade Ebert and keep Pollock there as a <laughs> freaking premium. Sean, who are you getting around? I'm not getting around one person. I'm getting around a fair few. Get around them, the golden oldies. Woo. Now we've often lived by a the thirty rule, which means that once a player turns thirty, you know their, their output's going to decrease. I don't think so. The players, the leading uh, average player in every single line is thirty or older. What? We've got yeah, it's ridiculous. I know Bartell in defence, Stevie J in the midfield, and old man Chappie in the forward line. Well, honourable mentions to another old guy, Burgoyne, third for the defence. Um, He's looking Ab- good this week. Yeah. Ablett doesn't... Oh, he definitely looks third. He's not playing like <laughs> it. He's second in the mids. Montagna, as mentioned before, is third. And Revolt, although been pretty terrible the last couple of weeks, he's, he scrapes in at fourth. That's amazing. I, Yep, just looking at those guys, I didn't start with any of them based on the 30 rule. <laughs> No wonder I'm right outside the top 10,000. Might as well go back and pick my 2009 dream team. I'd be doing better. Oh, a bit of Brian Lake in there. Kane Corns. Yeah. Yeah, also. All right, guys. Now, time to get serious. We're going to look at the buys, and it's not great viewing. Alright, for those who have seen my RDT article this week, um, I've looked very, very closely at the NBRs for a little bit of strategy and that sort of thing. The first rule of this week, and it's probably going to be everyone's, basically you won't have to go to the second point of this because it's just dodging donuts. I don't know about you guys, but I'm sitting with about Pretty 16. Pretty basic rule, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, well, there's a lot of people who are tanking this week and, and that's fine if you're going for a league win, but not for overall. So. Basically, there's no point sitting on trades while you cop donuts. So you might get 40 to 60 points from an upgrade, downgrade in a normal week. You know, you'd be pretty happy with that. This week, you can make 80 to 100 points with a decent trade over the NBRs. So, so we've got, obviously, the two trades in AFL Fantasy and the three trades in Real Dream Team. Um, make sure you use them if you've got the donuts. Point number two, limit your trades. Okay, so this obviously is a Real Dream Team point. Obviously, you're going to use your, your two in AFL Fantasy. That's fine. Silly not to. Yeah. <laughs> Mong, Mong did it one week. So <laughs> Whoops. Save changes. Odd amount of, tr- odd amount of trades left. Cautionary tale. So for those doing Real Dream Team, and I guess Supercoach is very applicable here, you want to limit them as much as you can this week. So we can go bang with uh, a double um, upgrade and a downgrade next week. Or if you haven't got the cash, double downgrade and upgrade in, in between rounds uh, 8 and 9 and then 9 and 10. So my general rule of thumb, if you've got more than 19 play, playing, it's completely overkill. Save those trades. we only got the 30, so just keep them in the bank. And that, you know, the 19 gives you lots of leeway with the late withdrawals. And, uh, and that way, you, can, you have them in the bank. So, um, for example, I've already got down to 20 trades left. I've already used Whoa. a third of my trades in Real Dream Team, been burning through them due to a number of reasons. So this week, I'm probably just going to trade Sam Mitchell out. At this stage, looking at Cade Simpson, so like for a like round nine by defender premium, but I'm going to try and save the rest of my trades for the for the rest of the thing. Moving donuts from round to round does nothing. So unless you're doing it to change your structure, i.e. you're really heavy on players on, on buy players in round one, you know you don't really want to be trading a guy like Langdon this week um, out just because he's got his buy to yeah. another guy that is also going to have their buy later on, unless you're super heavy on round eight buyers and really light on in round nine or ten. And that's happening with a lot of teams, really heavy on round eight, not so bad in round nine. So 
I can see why you would do that. However, I'm, I just feel like when you're when you're getting rid of a player, you, it really sucks that the you know your person you're getting in is going to have a buy coming in that round. Which brings me to my next point: Who do you dump? Everyone's just getting sidetracked by uh, sidetracked by the blue dots. So, uh, my personal belief is that sideways trades are a dead set waste, especially for players. For players playing, obviously, I'm talking about injured. It's fine. Oh, for yeah. players that are playing, but for instance, Cochin out for someone this week, obviously, who's going to have around nine or ten by. I feel like that's a massive waste where you can obviously do other things with that. You want to be improving your team. You don't just want to be you exactly. know, stagnating Especially, while everybody else is moving We're talking specifically ahead. about real dream team here, obviously, where you've got limited trades. But even in AFL Fantasy, you've only got the two. So using them to do sideways trades, I'm pretty sure you're going to have something better or something more tactical you can do. That's it. That brings me to my next point. The players that you want to dump are the injured players or players out of the selection frame. This comes down to my triple donut theory. What you can do is you get from, you know, they're going to be zeros over all three weeks. You trade them to anyone you want. Anyone you get in will, will be better. Will be better, yeah, because you're only going to get the one donut in two games. So, you know, that's... Can you think of any examples, Sean? Yeah, a guy like Xavier Ellis, he's under a bit of a cloud this week. He might return, who knows. Um, if he's not named, you're better off you're better off trading him out as he's got the round now nine by because he's, you know, counted out for this week and, and the and next, next week, week as yeah. well. He's going to miss two games. Whereas... Trading a guy with a blue dot like a Collar Jasney, a McDonald, a Tom Langdon, you know, you're, you're only shifting their buy from one week to another. So yeah, you'll get maybe get some more points this week, but you're just going to make yourself suffer in the, in another week, depending on who you trade in. Exactly. So the guys that I'm looking at in terms of the triple zero is Sam Mitchell, which is obviously we've talked about already, injured for eight weeks. He's not going to be there at all. Gary Rowan is another one who doesn't really seem to be in the selection frames. Yeah, those two are definitely no-brainer sort of trades. But then you've got a guy like Matt Gent, who Ooh. a lot of people have in their team. And he really makes life difficult because he might be out just for this week. But we knew that anyway because it's his buy. But what we don't know is how, what the extent of his injury is and if he's going to be out next week as well. So if you knew that he was going to be a three-week injury and he was going to miss all the buys, you'd trade him out just as, just as if he was Sam Mitchell. Yeah. But... He might be back next week. So do you risk trading out to get an extra player on the ground this week only to have only to have him come back next week and bite you? So it's a bit of a tough one. It's tough. Just on Yanchi, he actually tweeted out to somebody to trade him out. So that's straight from the horse's mouth, that one. And we appreciate the players giving us a bit of honesty. It's a bit different to the what we get from the clubs these days and the coaches. Buddy Carlton with all their late tutorials. Oh, Good luck yeah. if you got anyone from them. No, he's obviously hurting. I think there was some late news just scrolling through my Twitter feed here. I think they did say three weeks, so I'm go. not sure whether that's three weeks until he can, he's available or, you know, three weeks until he's available, which would mean missing two two rounds. So, But, you know, in, still in that instance, you would definitely trade out Sam Mitchell instead of him for the, the obviously the fact he's out for longer and the, the possibility maybe that he's back in round 10, which I guess now moves us on to who to grab. This is what everyone wants to know this week. Who to pick up. So, look, obviously in an ideal world, we hold trades in, in Real Dream Team. But we have to use our, our two per week in AFL Fantasy. So if you have to trade to limit donuts, my point is, why don't you just make some cash along the way? So theory here is you trade in a round 10 player with a good break even. You get two weeks from him before you have to trade him out. Um, and then at least, you know, you're making something something good from a bad situation. Exactly. It's a silver lining. There is a silver lining to every cloud. As we like to say, and there's definitely some great options there, and like some really good you know, rookies. There's yeah. some really good rookies, especially in the real dream team where you don't get the price rise until after the after they've played their third game. 
this guy that everyone should be looking at is Patrick Ambrose. I've still got him sitting in my team, so I don't <laughs> have to worry about trading Fine. him in, which is nice. Um, he's 98k still, so he's basement price, and he's got a break even of negative 75, which I'm kind of pissed off about now because everyone can still pick him up at that basement price. In AFL Fantasy, he's um, 164k with a break even of negative 22, so it's a little bit more of a toss-up. But he's played twice so far this year, round one and two, for scores of 77 and 57. Um, before being injured, but more importantly, he looked great in both those games, um, and he should be a good chance to come back in the side this week, considering the Bombers' horrendous form and that he had a good game in the VFL on the weekend. Yeah, a few other um, basement, or not basement price, but rookie price players that are on the on the radar, I guess. Um, Jake Lloyd from Sydney got a pretty good score last week, I think. I don't know, five or something. Yeah, around there. Uh, Zach Merritt from you know the the good one if you like from Essendon, <laughs> Nick Robinson um, from sorry Robert, it for a few people on the ground this week. Old Nick Robinson. A few people kissed on yeah. yeah. Jay Kennedy Harris has arisen from his twenties and thirties, and Tom Derricks who will now be the lone ruckman for the Swans. I guess with Tippett with um with Pike ruled out with injury. Yeah. So the thing about those guys, all low break evens, and they each scored over sixty five last week, which is pretty good for you know. Guys that all price under 250k in both competitions. However, you know if you've got a bit more cash to swing around, I know there's some people out there with a lot of uh, I got a bit of cash in the, bank. in the bank. What should I do, Shawnee T? Well, I've actually asked him about this. I've given him, I've charged him with figuring out some uh, Shawnee T's sneaky switches. We've, we're calling it. Can you let us know that who we are, uh, you know, just mid price or above who we should be looking at? Well, the first sneaky switch I've got is Reese <laughs> Shaw. Uh, he's uh, in AFL Fantasy. He's comes at three hundred and eighty-seven k, which might seem a little pricey, I guess. But he's got that real low break even of thirteen. He has in the last few weeks one hundred and seven, one hundred and twelve, and one hundred and eleven. So he's a guy you can get in, and if you you know if he doesn't do too well in the next couple of weeks, he's still going to make you some money. But you can get rid of him before he's round ten by, and you know you would have made money along the way. Basically, the low break even there is to give yourself that sort of buffer. If he doesn't score that well, you're still going to make the cash, and you can. Chuck him out in round 10. If he does score well, well, well done. You've just Bonus. got to break it out. Guy. Another guy I'd be looking at in the back line, and I obviously watched him very closely on the weekend, played against the Eagles, is Cam Suck, Sutcliffe. Uh, he's looked pretty good for him the last couple of weeks. He's uh, 339k in 18 break-even in AFL Fantasy with 88 and 108 in his last two. So that's just another one to think about if you don't feel like getting the... Reshore, he looks like he's had a burger or two in the off season. Neither of them are tempting me particularly, but you know, some people might tickle their fancy. They might want to. I mean, if you have two of Gent, if you have both uh, Gents and this Mitchell, is true. yeah, good little might, downgrade. Mini exactly, downgrade. you don't want to downgrade them both to rookies because you're sitting there with seven hundred k in the bank. So one of these guys could be a nice little uh, bridging trade over the next couple of weeks. How about the midfield? In the midfield, Dan Hannery looks like someone you can get in. He comes at 471k with a pretty low break-even for his standards of 53. Um, in the last few weeks, his premium-like scores, 112, 116, and 122. Um, he doesn't have the best record against his next couple of opponent, opponents, sorry, um, and they, they are the Hawks and the Bombers. So yeah, Hannery has that round 10 buy, and if you have already have too many of them, you could be looking at someone in the round 9 buy, like Callum Ward, who we talked about before, and he's just under 500k with a pretty nice break even of 60. So it's just another little option there. He should smash that, shouldn't he? You would, well, you would think so. Beat it by 100 points. The last, yeah. Eagles going this week. Uh, Patterson's playground. Um, do you look at the rucks at all? 
Um, well, I can't really think of too many scenarios where you'd want to really alter your setup. I don't think there's been many injuries in the in the rucks, but um, with the injury to Mike Pike, Tom Derricks becomes pretty significant. Still, rookie price, I'd say, at 200k, and a very low break even of one, which he he, sh- he should. I won't guarantee he, he should had a get pretty past. good score. He had 70 something on the weekend, which you know you take that, especially in the buy rounds. Yeah, I did take that. I played him this week. <laughs> what? I have Mumford sitting on the bench <laughs> still. Oh my god! No, Mumford keeps on saying he's going to come back, and I'm all pumped for it. And then, like, oh, just one more week, and then he puts something and on he Instagram. Might actually, come back oh, this week. Yeah, and then you know if he comes back this week, I can't freaking play Derek's once he's your boy. Value's going right up. Uh, oh well. And looking to the forward line, an option is Craig Bird. Continuing with the Sydney theme, it looks like every single player I've mentioned is from <laughs> Sydney. Yeah, he comes at three hundred and fifty-two thousand with a break-even of forty-six. Um, he's impressed the last couple of weeks with scores of 105 and 87 with that extra midfield time that he's been getting. Yeah, he seems to replace Tom Mitchell there a little bit, just uh, slotting straight in. And he obviously had that massive run of six weeks or something last year where he just averaged through the roof. So we know he can do it. I guess he's another low-risk one as well. Just chop him in for a couple of weeks if you have that extra money. And but upgrade him to a fallen rewall. Oh, yeah, exactly. Amongst others, yes. But my personal uh, preference is to go for rookies, but there are, um, there are definitely some options out there. Mong. Mong back. First of all, I just want to say I'm um, sorry that I haven't been actually tweeting out my bets over the last couple of weeks. So I was a bit depressed with my form a few weeks ago. But I'll be back onto it this week after I had a pretty good week last weekend on the Pendles under, the Montagna over, and the Ebert, the anti-boy. I knew he'd do crap after our trade, after T-Better traded him in. So I think I'm in a bit of form again. So this week in the Mong Bet segment, we'll be looking at, like last week, the danger taggers again and betting ways you can bet accordingly. Also, a bit of an ego plug to start off with. Both myself and the guru cracking the... Top seven, so I was seventh and T-Better was fifth in the old fantasy punt, so a bit more cash in the bank account, which was nice. Yeah. Special mention to T-Better over here who managed this even with a donut. That's how good he is. Bloody hell, Tom Lynch. Just uh, headbutting Jack Viney there was uh, was a bit rude, and uh, he's off the zero, and he's zero. Well, this is, what, this is what I'm Shawnee T's been saying all along, isn't it? Where is your emergency? You're given that spot for a you reason. You don't get it if they Yolo. play. It still counts. Zero. Well, I withdraw what I, what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, there shouldn't be a donut. He does, he does have a good point. I just looking got at, unlucky. Looking at a few teams, like even high up on the leaderboard, people did have donuts, and like I definitely had one last week with a late withdrawal. So it is even though it sucks to pay a little bit for your bench, it is worth having those guys on the bench for an emergency score. How was that guy getting kissed on? I think he came first. He selected Martin Gleeson in his team, oh. even though he wasn't. Wasn't <laughs> and he had Jake Lloyd, Lloyd 107 far out. That is oh, massively kissed him. But he did kill it. He had like 200 yeah, more points than anyone he else. He did, but it seems like he's a bit of a mong if he's not selecting a full team and then getting kissed on like that. Anyway, mong, I want to hear what you reckon about the first uh, couple of fantasy punt so games. So we're just going to yeah, run through the fantasy punt games that are available to bet as sort of the match day format. And then there'll be a few tips that you can take out of that for your weekly team. So first up's the Friday night blockbuster, as always, the free hit Sydney vs Hawthorne. Um, 10,000 10, entries. Look to oh, the record this week. Oh, my God. <laughs> Some guy last week under the Warn Dogs moniker had, like, at least a couple of hundred teams. <laughs> in there, it was close to a billion, I think. Pe- people have started creating programs to automatically entertain. So, Luxbet, yeah. if you're listening, sort that out because that is just not on. 
is all about anyway, it. Anyway, um, as always, on the Friday night, the Friday night is very important in Fantasy Punt because it tells us we know the whole team, including the vest, which is yeah. really important because it means that we can pick rookies at that basement price who we know are going to avoid the vest, or at least the green vest anyway. It's the only game that we know this before lockout. So, for example... Like, yeah, like last week, Langdon's 93 versus a, a vested McDonald, for instance. That was, you know... That's really, a 50-point difference. Yeah, exactly. And, or you could have got 65 from Dylan Buckley instead of, like, Brandon Jack, who came in as a sub, or Bontempelli, more expensive, but a sub. And same with Salem as well, who I was looking at. So, so the great thing about this game in particular is there's heaps of lower-priced guys that should... I mean, going on last week's team was so... Obviously, Jake Lloyd had 100. Harry Cunningham also, I think, had a 60, which... In fantasy punt, those sort of lower price guys knocking out a 60 is very handy. Yeah. Um, then you've got Brandon Jack, who wasn't quite so good, but if you know he's starting, then you could consider. And then obviously Billy Hartung, who was absolutely awesome off um, coming off a of vest and in three quarters scoring 100. And then Hallahan and Langford. So there's heaps of rookies in this game and could you know, kickstart your round in fantasy punt if you pick these guys that aren't vested. Well, you know, two of them at most can be vested, so exactly. um, a big, big tip is just to pick the rest of them, really. Um, I think Tom Derricks is pretty much a lock if you're looking to go that cheap Ruckman as definitely, well. Definitely, for sure. You know, he, he will play the full game, or he definitely won't be the sub, that's for sure. And um, yeah, 76 last week, yeah. which you would definitely take. At that price. 200, 200Ks. And I did, in uh, yeah. <laughs> Very nice, like, once again. But yeah, as, as we say... In the in fantasy punt, you're generally going to look for one solid ruck and one more value guy. So Derek's has definitely got to be your guy this week. Just on betting line, like player lines, Sportsbet have got a super coach line out at the moment on Josh Kennedy, and they often double the same player with the dream team line. Yeah. Um. So assuming there is also a dream team line on JPK, I'd be betting an over on anything around the 104 mark, which he was at 102 and a half last week. He's got form and a great record versus the Hawks with 121, 113, and 149 mm. amongst his last five versus them with no his scores under 93. So yeah, he, Hawks are actually one of the teams that JPK does like to play. So if there is a, a if there's a dream team line on him, I'd be getting on the over. The anti Dale Thomas actually performing against your old team. <laughs> yeah, I guess the other thing to mention is that there shouldn't really shouldn't really have to worry about any tagging in this game. I don't think anyone from Sydney have been going to anyone. No, I don't think so. Anyone that tight and. Again, if Langford's in, he's just going to sit on at the stoppages, let him run free, let the zone do its thing. Yeah, and you know, Hawthorne obviously have been the highest scoring dream team team this year, so obviously you should always be looking to get a few Hawks in your team. Guys like Suckling and Virtual, still great value in the back line. Burgoyne's um, my favourite this year. Burgoyne as well should smash it, especially without Mitchell in there. Attended and the most centre bounces, I'm pretty sure. It was either most, most for his team or most ever in his career or whatever last week after... Um, Mitchell went off for the sub, so... Yeah, and I'd also be pretty confident in any of the Swans guys like Kieran Jack or JPK, apart from Dan Hanabry, who has a pretty poor record in this fixture, so stay away from him. The next game available is the Port Frio game. So, obviously, when you think of Frio, you think of Ryan Crowley. So, who does Crowley like to tag in at Port, guys? Uh, my instinct says Bo. Yeah, I think so. Well, I looked at this in last time. Better not be Ebert, otherwise I'll top myself. Why would you tag Ebert? He's bloody The last couple of times he has gone to Boat and limited his output very well, as you'd expect. Um, there, So, yeah, stay away from Travis Boat. Wouldn't probably consider him anyway. There's a super coach line out on sports bet for Nat Five. So, if there's a DT line, I would like the under in this one. Um, he's got no tons in his last two versus Port and is pretty likely to get the Kane Corns tag. Um, although Kane Corns went to Daniel Pierce this time last year, but I doubt that. Going to happen, I reckon. Five's in too good a form. You got to 
got to go to him, mate. You know? Like, mm. Selwood had to move to him at quarter time last week. So. Yeah, I've got a, another interesting point here. Port gave up those two huge scores against GWS last week with Callum Ward knocking out a 160 and Devin Smith a 130. Mm. So you can expect a Frio player or two to go big. So I'm backing Michael Barlow in for a big one here. After easing his way back in through the derby, I reckon he could be a red-hot pick this week. In fantasy punt. He'll set you back, but he's nice and expensive, but it's a unique factor, isn't it? He is, and I mean, there's not that many obvious midfielder. Like, you can't go Ablett or Stevie J as captain this week, so you're going to have to look at a different guy, and I reckon I might go for old Barlow. What's your thoughts on old Robbie Gray? He's been dominating in Dream Yeah, Team, right? I, we did actually talk about him on the podcast last week, and we were yeah, sort of right. saying, you know, how his, his form had been good, but I didn't know if we could just do it yet, but he keeps on keeping on. He had 119 on the Dockers in a 70-point flogging last year. So Ooh. I reckon he might um, dominate again, as he has been doing in recent times. So I would be l- definitely looking at locking him in the forward line. Nice. Yeah, he did that even with Montfries back in the team, which is important to note. I think that's why we weren't convinced last yeah, week. He's getting a heap of midfield burn. It's actually taking away from Chad Wingard, sort of getting getting through the midfield as much, I reckon. And like Wingard's still obviously got that X factor, but his score, his output's definitely been down. He's down in form a bit too. The um the third game available is the Saints versus Carlton game. So my boys. Yeah, Saints well, there's no just uh, before we go on to that. There's no Sunday game, which is lucky because GWS versus Eagles would be a terrible game to pick uh, in this version of the game. But Saints versus Carlton, what can you tell me? Um, obviously we talked about it before. Montagna's in cracking form, but he's likely to get a tag by Carazzo if he's playing, and he's got an average history against the Blues, as I mentioned before. Anything to add there, Sean? Yeah, just the Carlton are sporting a few of the young blokes. Daniel Menzel, sorry, Troy Menzel, and... Ah, one of them. One, one of them, yeah. The one <laughs> that actually... <laughs> one of them the one that actually has a knee, yeah. Yeah, Troy Menzel or Kane Lucas. They're pretty low price and, you, you know, you might want to choose them in your team, but just be careful. They've been getting the best lately. And they mm. do love a late withdrawal. Yeah, any, blues, basically they? any Carlton player I'd, I'd be watching away. out for because they'll, they'll name half their VFL team and then pull them all out before the game. Uh, should have said as well, Mark Murphy likely to get a ter- tag from Curran. So if you're thinking about yeah. him, don't touch that. Um, if there's a line on him, I don't imagine... Usually sports bet are pretty smart. They don't put out lines for guys that are going to get tagged. So, yeah, Murphy will probably score low again this week. He is going to get molested this week. <laughs> uh, the TC effect in full form. Not only did he tag Sam Mitchell last week, he injured him as well. So Good he's work. going to... All- oh, boy! He's going to all lengths again. Knocked out again. the best player and we still lost by 150. All right, yeah. Now, so that's all the three games. What about the rest? Just a couple other cheeky things that you like across the board. One guy that I've been watching for quite a while and who I really like is Devin Smith. Um, he's not really, he's not cheap, but I think there's only six games this week, so there's only so many players available. And he had 133 last week. He's had a few massive hundreds this year. The Eagles gave up tons to DeBoer, Lockie Neal, and then even a 93 to Hayden Ballantyne in the Derby. So I'm really liking Smith's chances in his high half forward role that he's been playing. He's looked awesome. Um, another guy, um, Jay Kennedy Harris, is that that um, still at that low? I think he's probably just crept over the 200k mark. Yeah. Um, and his form has been great since shedding the vest, and this makes him a strong consideration for your for your forward line as that cheaper option. Well, you wouldn't think they could vest him after last week. He was no way. one of their better players. So. Game, game winner. Yeah, you, I'd say he's pretty much locked. Unless something tells you otherwise during the week, yeah, he's pretty much in there. Yeah, and, the, and I guess the other rookies that you've got to um, look at is Nick Robertson, who had 90 last week. James Ash, who's also been very solid throughout the year. And then also Patrick Ambrose, as we mentioned before. And Ashby, although he is a, always a potential always best, a sub best, best chance. chance yeah. yeah. Just on the premium front, with a lot of midfield guys missing from that 
you know, round eight buy. I really like Libba. He's Woo! um yeah, yeah. I, we've we've all got him still, don't we? In yeah, I, I picked him up. In, couldn't get rid of him. And, yeah. Picked him up from the start in um, Real Dream Team, and yeah, he was really disappointing those first few games. But um, it looks to have turned a new leaf, and one ten and one eleven his past couple of weeks. And to make matters better, he's playing against Melbourne, who his last two scores against them have been absolutely massive, one hundred and forty plus. Wow, do you know that that's his only two games against Melbourne? Really? That only so two he games of all time. 144 against Melbourne. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, so he's, yeah, he's going Something to be, ridiculous. got to lock him as captain, I guess. Oh, man. But can and you trust him? I don't know. Another so. captain candidate who we talked about before is Tom Lockliffe. He's, um, he's been beasting lately, of course. Um, but he could potentially get the hocking tag. I would really like to see what uh, the old Irish Pirate has to say about him. Um, see the stats in depth, but... I think maybe he might have to be my guy. And like when you're talking about real dream team and AFL fantasy, yeah, I don't really have anyone else that reliable. I think it's between Liber and Rocky. Maybe not... Job, but Job hasn't been in good form. Oh, oh, he's lucky he didn't get a rocket up him in the freaking kidding right. himself section. That that's it for Mong Bet this week. Good luck punting. Good luck. Yeah, not don't do too well. We've um, we've got stuff to do. One thing I want to add: T Bet is tactical this Ooh. week. Yeah, I made it up then. Uh, anyway. Does it get, does it get a little introduction, a bit of music? Or? No, no music for TV, that's tactical. It's just low-key this week. Anyway, during the week, I've looked at all the premiums and how they score, or how each team concedes points to opponent guns. So I've gone through and I've taken the top three scorers of each of the last four games and sort of seen where that comes out in the wash, like who's doing well against who. The thing that really uh, surprised me is, is Hawthorne and, and what they're allowing... So captain options from other teams. So you look at Hawthorne, they're the highest scoring team. They obviously dominate the ball. You think, intuitively, you think, oh, stay away from guys playing them. But not really. Like They've had Ablett score 132 against them. Stevie J, 139. And Montagna, of course, had 151 last week. They're all scores from you know big big dogs over the last four weeks. Very so. interesting. Kieran Jack without a <clears> tag, maybe, this week? Well, yeah, that's it. Like, I mean, even... You, I know you don't like Hanabry's form against them, but... He's been in massive form as well, so I would very much consider him. The other thing to look at is that all four of the Bunnies are playing this week. So Lions, Eagles, Giants, and Saints all top the average between the top three scorers. And Brisbane are the worst of that lot, leaking an average of 129 points to the opponent's top three scorers. So Heppel, Stanton, Watson. You'd think they would have to kill him, wouldn't you? Like Chappie, any of those guys. And obviously, West Coast play GWS, so we'll look at... Just ignore that. Just ignore that one, but St. Kilda play Carlton, so we could get a lot of scores there to some of the Carlton guys who haven't really been that good around the ball this year. Bryce Gibbs, so, maybe. Yeah, they're the main things to take out of it. If you're looking at... Pre- obviously, this is just uh, premiums and captain options, but with, you know, as you said, a lot less value between just six teams. It might be uh, might pay off to sort of look at the stats and go with the, with the safe guys. Guys, we're starting to run out of time here. It's been a mega pod this week. Let's just uh, bust out our early trade plans. Um, let's go through it really quickly. Mon, what are you thinking this week? So, as I already mentioned, I'm going to get in real dream team Mitchell out for Simpson. Primo, primo, same buy round. Um, and probably no other trades in real dream team unless Langford isn't named, and then I'll probably trade him down to Gardner. Cool. Um, in AFL Fantasy, I don't have Mitchell, thankfully. So, at the moment, I'm looking at Griffiths down to Gardner and Sam Lloyd up to. Ali G in Dow House <laughs> so I can join these two geniuses next to me. Some of Shawnee T's best. Well, what are you looking at, Sean? 
Yeah, well, obviously I've got Sam Mitchell like everyone else in AFL Fantasy. He is definitely gone. Uh, I've got a fair bit of cash, so I can definitely bring a premium for him. Looking to go to Cade Simpson. And if Xavier Ellis isn't named, he's definitely gone, as we talked about before. We can't have... He, he's missing both the next two weeks, so he has to go. And so if I've got, if he does get named, then I've got a, a not really a luxury trade, but I'll have to get rid of a rookie and K. Collar Jasney, who's been good. It will be unlucky to go. Very Ooh. unlucky. He would be, especially, yeah, wow. Well, for me, it's just all, it all just hinges on selection. So I've already got Trelaw out, um, Collar Vexual, one, you know, possibly Jackson Merritt with a shoulder. These things happen. It could be really bad for my team. So my first priority basically is just to get those triple zeros. So I'm looking at Gary Rowan and, and Sam Mitchell and possibly Will Langford. Although I think just previous to the podcast, they confirmed that he will be in this week. So he... Uh, he'll be fine. That's all we want to hear. Yeah, so Hopefully he should, he avoids he the best. Well, that would be nice. But, you know, 20 points is still better than zero points at this stage. So, look, pretty standard stuff from me. I'm not reinventing the wheel here at all. So when it comes to guys who I'm getting in, my preference is just to pick up the rookies with good break-evens. And then I can go bang, bang, bang over the next few weeks. All right, it's that time of week again. Let's just uh, bust out our big calls and then go and make our fantasy punt teams. Mong, you've been first all week. Uh, let's, uh, let's get your opinion first up. So as we've already talked about um, throughout the podcast and um, mentioned him earlier, my main man, St. Nick. People oh, are probably Saints. jumping off him. The Saints. Oh, I love Saints. talking about them. No, really? They're pretty crap, but I still like to talk <laughs> about them. Obviously, his break even is 160. He's had back-to-back 30s. He looks like an old sinking ship, all those things. But I'm going to back in my man St. Nick to bounce back this week. He had 123 and 96 in his last two back against them. And he really needs to lead for lead from the front this week. Um, the boys are going to be very demoralized and depleted. And I reckon he's going to be primed for everyone to jump back on after his round 10 buy after he rekindles the faith that we, that some of us had shown in him from the start of the season. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll easily pick him up for... Next to nothing after round 10. I'm I'm looking very, very closely. My big call of the week is that Pollock remains in my team all year in both Real Dream Team and Supercoach. I can't Ooh. I can't see my team getting good enough to be able to trade <laughs> out Especially while, in Real Dream team, while I was rookie. I mean, even in AFL, we have enough trades in AFL Fantasy that it'd be unlikely that you keep one. But, I mean, with the form he's in, can you really rely on anyone else? So that's my big call of the week. Sean. My big call of the week is that in the near future, maybe the next five or so years, we're going to start playing in skirts. Now, <laughs> anybody that knows me will know I don't throw these around lightly, but Jack Viney getting two-week suspension can only be described as a sick, twisted, perverted, demented, <laughs> psychotic, fucked-up, piece of dried-up white bulldog shit joke. <laughs> what do you guys That's think? That's a joke. What do you guys think of him getting weeks and ha- and not being able to act in his professional capacity <laughs> and to have to sit on the couch for a couple of weeks while his mates... he just come off a best-on-ground performance oh, and now man. he's got to deal with his shit. I think well and truly worthy of an F-bomb. I can't believe it. I I don't know who to tweet and who we were to send my letters to, but that is a joke that he got done for that. And Melbourne, too rightly, are looking through all their options for, uh, for appeal because that is ridiculous. Supreme Court. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> the Constitution. All right, guys, I think that wraps up. What is that? I'll say it again. A monster pod this week. Sorry about the length. Monster. It's very, yeah, monster. It's very, very important week for us with uh, the round eight stuff. As usual, get on the site. It's absolutely pumping at the moment. Uh, personally, you can catch my regular articles on Real Dream Team for uh, the assistant coach subscribers. Otherwise, get around the footy live app. These are. Uh, 
It's not just Get Dream Team. Yep, yeah, exactly. Free app, download it, and give us a look. If you want to follow these hacks, I don't know why, but you might. At T 7 and at RobbieTheMong on Twitter. And they'll be posting their bets this week. I'll make sure they chuck it up there. Any last words, boys? Go nope. to Saints. <laughs> Bounce back. <laughs> All right, cheers, guys. See you later. Yep. Mm.